0: The ex-fiancee wrote, Dearest Jimmy, No words could ever express the great unhappiness I've felt since breaking our engagement. Please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. Forgive me, forgive me. I love you, I love you, I love you. Yours forever, Janet. P.S., Congratulations on winning the $100 million state lottery. <laughs> Asking for a friend, what if I can't forgive? Or what if I don't want to forgive? What if the offense is so egregious? Forgiveness. There may be nothing more important to our Christian lives than both receiving forgiveness for ourselves and offering forgiveness to another. It is what brings peace. The world's full of conflict. A continuing conflict that gets deeper and deeper. And I do not believe... That the world truly understands forgiveness. It gets misused, misunderstood, misapplied, and missed altogether in so many cases. Forgiveness. And so in order to get at the question, what if I can't forgive or don't want to forgive? I'd like to look at forgiveness, what it's not. Why we need it. And what we can do to forgive in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Our strength and our redeemer. Amen. In Ephesians, Paul is giving instructions to the church there in Ephesus about how to behave. How to conduct themselves. How to be separate from the, from the community to be pure and righteous. Uh, passage is rather long. I just read a portion of it and where I would like to focus today is where he says in verse 31 and 32 of chapter 4, put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice. Be kind to one another. That word, by the way, kind, is actually a word that is uh, akin to gut, a strong gut. It takes a strong gut to truly be kind. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Charisma me to forgive, to exercise grace. To freely show favor. How do we forgive? Well, let's start with what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not conditional. It's not conditional. It doesn't begin with, I will forgive you if. Have you ever said that? Yeah. When we attach a... Condition—it's not really forgiveness. Real forgiveness is unconditional. Consider Jesus' offer of forgiveness on the cross. What does He say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wow. Forgiveness is does not minimize the offense. And, And I think this for Christians is kind of a kind of a double bind. Because forgiveness doesn't pretend that, that something didn't happen. we've been hurt. Don't minimize it. It's a big deal. When we minimize an offense, it cheapens forgiveness. Now we, we think in some ways that if we can, if we can minimize you know or our, our set it aside that we're being spiritual that I'm, I'm so much of God, I can't be hurt. Sure, I will forgive you. But actually, we hurt ourselves. Uh, forgiveness is not, does not immediately restore trust. Well, that's a tough one. The Bible tells us we are to forgive. There are several times in the New Testament, this is not the only passage, where the Bible speaks of forgiveness. But it doesn't connect it to trust. It takes time to restore trust. And forgiveness does not mean placing ourselves in harm's way. Real trust is earned and takes time. The Bible says that if we are to forgive, it is only the beginning of restoring trust. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the first step. People say, if, if I'm forgiven, things should go back the way they are or the way they were. Really? Trust takes time. Forgiveness is not nothing changes. If you lose an arm, life is not over, but life will never be the way it was. We'll never get back to the life of having two arms. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't live a full, rich life and experience a new normal and maybe even a greater normal, but it's different. In the same way, forgiveness isn't allowing things to go back to the same. Rather, forgiveness is the starting point for for accepting what could possibly be a new beginning and a new normal and a new opportunity. We can never go back to the way things were. And last, forgiveness is not forgetting. God forgets. God is divine. We remember. To forgive and forget is unrealistic. And here's the difference forgiveness is not forgetting the offense, it is choosing not to hold the offense against the other person. Better than forgiving and forgetting is to instead see the good in the other person. To see the potential that might be there. To see how God might, might change this situation. Someone said, the happiest people are less forgive, forgetting and more forgiving. Now I, I'm sure that you could name several other things that forgiveness is not. But why do we need to forgive? Why do we need to forgive? Max Lucado tells the story of a man, by the, a Chinese man by the name of Lai Funyan. and, and Li Funian went for four years with these horrible migraine headaches, day after day. Took medicine, tried to. All kinds of, of homopathic therapies. Finally, he, he, he went to a doctor that took an x-ray. In a robbery four years before, he had several lacerations on his face and his head. And so they sewed up the lacerations. He had a broken jaw. They never took an x-ray. The man who had assaulted him had stuck a knife in his head and broken off the blade. No wonder he suffered from headaches. (laughs) Lucado continues by saying, We cannot live with objects buried in us. If someone were to take an x ray of your soul, what would it show? What would it show? We need to forgive because resentment doesn't work. Holding on to resentments is like holding on to a red-hot coal, thinking that if we can just get close enough to that person, we can burn them. All the while, our hand is burning up. Our sleeve is catching on fire. And who gets consumed? We do. Studies confirm that hatred and bitterness not only eats up the soul but is transferred to the body there are illnesses that are that are that are that are the cause that that are the what am i trying to say are the result of unresolved emotional issues that's why I am I'm I'm really supportive of what John and Denise are doing with emotionally healthy spirituality. Part of what they're going to, the process they're going to go through is for everybody in that class to really take a look at what is it that's separating us emotionally from God, from our neighbors, so that we can truly make a connection with God. Because resentment doesn't work. When we hold on to resentment, it hurts us. It hurts those around us. It hurts those that we love. And when we try to get even, it never resolves the, the issue. It just adds fuel to the fire. Why do we need to forgive? We need forgiveness. We need the act of forgiveness. Unforgiveness is deadly. Studies confirm that, as we were talking about a minute ago, that um, bitterness and hatred are dangerous emotions. And and forgiveness is that first step toward healing, sometimes not just in our soul, but in our body. When we hold on to anger and bitterness, our body keeps score. It's like piling in. More and more that cannot be processed. One said, It's not so much what we eat as what is eating us. Holding on to resentment is like picking on a scab that continues to bleed and never heal. Holding on to resentment is like a a video recorder that keeps playing the same event over and over again. Choosing forgiveness is going through the process of weighing the cost of our getting even, the cost of holding that bitterness to the cost of letting it go. Because when we hold on to resentment, we cannot move on. I think that's why the Bible continually talks about the need for forgiveness. I think that's why God has forgiven us, and we are so much encouraged to forgive ourselves because God knows the power of forgiveness. The freedom to live again the life that God has for us. God has forgiven us. We need to forgive because God has forgiven us. It's far easier to forgive others when we realize how much God has forgiven us. None of us will ever forgive as much as God has forgiven us. I had a friend one time that was being questioned about forgiving someone of something and he said, um, I can forgive because I think about what God has forgiven in me and what others have forgiven me. Back to the scripture, I want to pull this up real quick because uh, look at what it says. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. It's easier to forgive others when we remember how much God forgives us. How much God forgives us. How can we forgive? That's the big question. Anybody got any answers? I welcome you to come up. (laughs) How can we forgive? Well, here's what the Bible teaches. Focus on God. The more we focus on God rather than on ourselves, we shift the pain. We remember that we are not alone in this fire. Do you hear that in the song? We are not alone in this fire. We are not alone in this hurt. We are not alone in this pain. We are not alone in this battle. We are not alone. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perf- the perfect will of God. Let us not allow ourselves to be molded by the world. Let us not allow ourselves to be, to be reflections of, of revenge and, and tit for tat. Let's stay focused on God. Let us be transformed by the renewal of our minds. Let us be different. Let us be holy. Let us be righteous, not by our own ability, but because of what God has done for us and what God offers to us. The fact is, what we focus on controls our life. Amen? Amen. How do we forgive? We release the right to get even. Okay, I'm going to ask a question here. How many of you are willing to release the right to get even? I didn't think so. Okay. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty tough, right? Because I want that person to hurt as much as I do. Right? I mean, isn't that right? Isn't that right? I want them to hurt as much as I do. I'm hurting. They need to hurt. We have the right to get even. I want to ask you a couple of questions, though. Can you imagine looking in the mirror every morning to see the person that has hurt you? Can you imagine doing to others what others have done to you? Can you imagine slowly but surely becoming that person what you resent the most? How many times are we to forgive, says Jesus? 70 times 7. That many, huh? Now, I'm pretty good at math. I think that's 490, right? Okay. 490. Do you think Jesus is being literal about that? I think Jesus is saying, forgive until it's done. Until it's done. no matter how long it takes. It's a process. And and some days that we, you know, we, we take that step, we feel good about releasing that person, and then three days later, it's back right in our face again. It's a back and forth process. But how will you know when it's done? When you think of the person and it doesn't eat your guts out. Our job is to forgive and let God take it from there. When we release, when we release, we become more godlike than any other time in our lives. That is really a nice tune. That's okay. It's all right. Just go ahead and answer it. Can, can I answer it? I would love to answer it. I'm sorry, I make, I'm, I'm really not. I just think it's kind of a, this is a long sermon, so I thought maybe I'd just have a little, little comical prelude in here, So, uh, our interlude, not prelude. Okay, how do we forgive? We respond to evil with good and with prayer. The secret to know when we have forgiven someone is when we start praying for them. Now, I don't mean that you pray that they will be covered in mosquitoes, (laughs) break the teeth out of their mouth, you know, that they will forever, every year be be audited by the IRS. That is not praying for someone. And praying for someone is not putting ourselves at risk. We may have to put a barrier or a boundary in place. But we can still pray for that person. We can say, Lord, I offer to you this person. I pray for good for them, not evil. I I pray, Lord, that you would be a part of their life. And even though they have hurt me, I pray that they will not hurt anyone else. I, I pray, Lord, that you would enter into their heart in such a way that you will transform them and renew them. I pray, Lord, for good and not evil. Bishop uh, Edmund Tutu said, Desmond Tutu said, "No one is beyond redemption. Our prayers should assume they should be the theology of redemption." Some people say it takes an extraordinary person to forgive. Tutu's daughter said, uh, she said, yes, yet we all have the capacity to be extraordinary with God. So let us, as extraordinary people, do the extraordinary thing to begin a journey and a life of forgiveness. I, I want to tell you one more story. Because this, this is an interesting story for me, and I, it, it's, it's a perfect ending. Uh, the, I, I never thought that the cuckoo bird was actually a bird. I thought it just came out of a clock. <laughs> the cuckoo bird is, is a, I think it's mainly England where you find them. And, and they're an interesting bird. They're basically lazy, okay, because they don't make their own nest, What they do is they lay their eggs, they only lay one egg at a time per season, they lay their egg in a thrush's nest, and then they just fly off. And so what they're depending on is that the thrush will sit on the nest, hatch the egg, then feed the bird, and they don't have to really do anything as a parent. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) You know, just going to drop my kid off, you know. Here's what happens. The thrush doesn't do the math. She sits on the nest and hatches her three or four eggs plus the large cuckoo egg. The cuckoo egg is big enough to push the other birds aside, and so guess who gets fed? The cuckoo bird. The cuckoo bird gets bigger. The thrush gets smaller. Eventually, the cuckoo bird will get strong enough to where she will Kick out one at a time, the thrush. To the point, if you're, from what I understand, if you want, are looking for a cuckoo bird, you look for dead thrush. <laughs> Seriously. Eventually, it's just the cuckoo bird that the thrush is feeding. What we feed grows. What we feed takes over. What we feed becomes who we are. Oh gosh, let us feed a life of love. Let us feed a life of peace. Let us feed a life of of forgiveness. Let us feed a life where we are offering ourselves to God in, in such a way that God will deliver us and give us the ability to forgive so that we never have to ask the question again what if I can't forgive